This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. What are you doing? This is my show. Um, not today. It's not. It's our show. Great. Hey everyone, I'm Evan. And I'm Lydia. You are listening to That Veteran and His Wife. Every week I interrupt my husband's podcast and we do a special episode together where we discuss the unique challenges veterans and their spouses encounter. Suit up. It might get weird. Hey guys, welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed our pre-transition story, and uh, I guess we left off talking about, you know, the time when we had started to get out of the military and how it was not a very easy time for us, but we're going to we're gonna kind of pick it up from there a little bit, but we want, I can't talk. Because you're still sniffing your fart. <laughs> hey, I had to gag on it. So, you know, <laughs> before we started, thanks for that. <laughs> Speaking of struggles. <laughs> Married life. We had three struggles in mind, but there's a fourth one, apparently. <laughs> yes. It's coming out Evan's butt. <laughs> he's, he's drinking this, like, sour green apple warhead energy drink. And it's coming out the mouth, out the butt. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here gagging. <laughs> Yeah. Tastes, tastes good to me. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sure it tastes good going in. Yeah. Just the repercussions are not that great. So, anyway, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure our listeners really need to hear about this. Yep. Married life. Yep. So, we <laughs> wanted to talk about three struggles that we did not foresee when we got out of the military. Um See if we can bring this back on track here. Yeah. We'll try. All right. Friendships. 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 Or the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I remember, I like, I'll never forget. um, There was just one night I was after, after we had gotten out or he, yeah, he had gotten out or our whole family moved. Um, You can say we. We. Yeah. After we had gotten out, um, I, you know, we were in our, we were in our house at that time and probably had been about a year, a year into trans having transitioned, probably maybe even two years. Yeah. Um, and here I was like sitting on the bed, just crying. And I turned to Evan and I was like. I need friends, but nobody around here wants a new friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we grew up in Pennsylvania in different sides of the state, but, you know, we we grew up, we had friends, obviously, we made growing up, you know, in school and church and neighborhood friends, things like that. And then, you know, I left for the military, she left for college, so we had, I had military friends, she had college friends. She left her college friends, you know, when we got married, she, you know, came into the military with me. And then we made friends, you know, at the different units we were at, at the different couples that we lived near, uh, people at church that were also military couples. So we had a pretty good set of friends that, I mean, it wasn't like we spent every weekend with them or, you know, we didn't, we didn't spend like holidays with them or anything like that really. But we did have them there to talk to, and they understood what we were going through. 
Yeah. Because you can be like, oh, man, Evan's deploying again or he's, you know, training again and I'm stuck with all the kids and these other military wives are like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm stuck with my kids, too. Or that we're in this, you know, if it was people in the same unit, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I mean, I'm leaving and so is her husband and this other lady's husband and this other lady's husband and all the wives just kind of get together and hang out and. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, I can think through every single phase of our military, you know, of our time in the military. And it's like, and, and I made different friends like throughout each phase and, um, you know, some, some were closer than others. And, you know, I'm still in contact, you know, it's interesting because I'm still in contact with friends from each of those phases. Well, and it's like, I mean, it's, you know, misery loves company. Yeah. And shared hardship uh, breeds some very strong relationships and friendships. And it's kind of like being in prison. I mean, you can't go anywhere, so you got to make <laughs> friends with the people that are there, you know. And But it's, it's true because, I mean, they're going through the same thing. They understand it. And it's easy to make, not easy, but it's easier to make friends. Yeah. So we leave all that and we move to a small town in Oklahoma where everyone knows everyone and everybody and is, is related. related like it was it and not went, in not in the weird like no, no southern like, alabama yeah. like cousins marrying cousins like, not <laughs> no, like that no offense to you Al- uh, alabamans yeah anyway you know um, you know but anyway you know but seriously everyone is like we went to the, we went to a church and i was like okay you got the pastor and you got like his family and then You've got his extended family and stuff. And after about a year of being there, I was like, wait a minute. That guy is in their family. That girl's in their family. That guy's married to that girl. So he's mm-hmm. in their family. This couple over here is old, but they're also in the family. Yeah. And I mean, it was just like everyone well, and was then, all part of the same family. Yeah. Well, and then we found out that there was, like, one family that had, like, so in this whole, like, network of families, like, one of them, they had, like, 10 kids. And so, like, so as a teacher at school, I was like, wait, hold on. Wait, you, your cousins? Oh, but you're, you're also cousins with them? Like, I, it was mind-blowing, the, the family connections that, that but... If you think about it, especially like small towns and and, and everything, like people don't leave. Like it's, you know, you stay in the place that you grew up and then like families marry and, and then, and then the families just grow. And, um, you know, those of us who, who lived near relatively bigger cities, like I lived near Philly and you know you lived near Erie yeah. and and it was just i don't know it, we did not live in the small town kind of atmosphere because it's way different it's way different down here and i don't know if it's a southern thing necessarily or if it's just a a smaller town thing because i mean the, the town we live in is 18,000 people so it's not tiny no but it's, it's definitely technically a city yeah, but but it's t- i mean but it's down here in, in, in southern Oklahoma, it's just different because everybody, again, everyone knows everyone and they've been here for generations and they've never left. Their, right. their parents never left. Their grandparents never left. Their kids aren't going to leave. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. So they are entrenched with their friends and their family, their extended family, people that aren't even family that they call family. I mean, it's just that. They're all and, and they, they don't want to extend that circle. Yeah. So we move here. And <laughs> now because like before, again, everybody in the military understands what you're going through. And you can kind of you can get into those friend circles a lot easier because you're in the military and you have something in common. You come to a, a new town and everybody has that same. Like they they all understand what's going on. They're going through the same stuff. Like they all know each other. They know the history. They have memories together. Like they all, they all went to high school together. They all, you know, and even if they were not like related, they like somehow went to high school. Well, and it's, and what's interesting is like, even, even some of the couples that we have met that are like prior military couples, 
they they like grew up in this town and then they came back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like literally every military couple that I can think of. Mm-hmm. You know, they grew up in this town or their spouse did. Yeah. And um and they moved back and here. And then they moved back here because their family's here. Right. So again, we're still on the outside. It's not like there's military couples that move here and are looking to make friends because they've already got friends. They just moved back here after their time in the military. Yeah. So and we're the weirdos who just like didn't even mm-hmm. like move back yeah. to where our family is. But but again, okay, if we think about the areas that we came from, like where where I live, where I come from, you know, in Pennsylvania, it honestly is really genuinely normal for like so for a family unit to kind of grow up like a, a generation to grow up and then the kids to all like sp- like spread out i think that's just all a, over the I, think, I, I think that's a northern thing it, it must be a northern because thing. down i don't even in north carolina i mean north well it's different because that was a military town but it's like i just i felt like there was still more of a like a cohesive family unit yeah. that would that would stick around in these towns yeah uh, i don't but i don't i mean down here it's definitely my like they yeah. you don't leave you <laughs> and, don't <yeah>. leave <laughs> and and it's like and 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 literally like families well um they don't make communes but but i mean like they will all mm, they do some like, of them do some of they them will, do they will actually you know build homes um you know, within a very close distance of each other, which I'm not opposed to. Like, I'm not opposed to. I'm like, yeah. hey, that's a good idea. Like, you keeping your um, keeping your family close to each other and everything. But like, but you have to understand that this is something that we are not used to mm-hmm. as Northerners, where where it's like normal to kind of spread your wings and fly, and and our parents encouraged it. Um, and and it's like I. You know, Evan's siblings are all over the United States. Mm-hmm. My siblings are all over the United States. Um, and But we came here to Oklahoma because my um, my oldest sister's husband had passed away the year prior to when we came. And she had three kids. And we were like, she has nobody here. You know, like, we need to bring some family to her because <laughs> she's got nobody. Yeah. So we volunteer as tribute and yeah. show up. And... <laughs> so, you know, we... We're dealing with our own family stresses, um, but you know we don't have any any friends to really to talk to or go out with or to vent to in person. Like we have people we can call on the phone, we have family we can talk to on the phone, you know, but nobody in person for probably the first three years. Yeah about three years and and that was a struggle I did not because I'm gonna be honest like I never really had a hard time making friends like I feel like neither of us did it Mm -hmm. just it came by pretty easily um you know I I would I would hope to think that we are relatively likable people (laughs) and um (laughs) again it it, it's it's trying to break into a clique of people that have yeah. known each other for 20 years. Like someone showing up on a military base trying to join a bunch of military families. That's someone who's not in the military trying to be friends with a bunch of military families. They'd be like, who's this clown? Like, you know, <laughs> we don't we don't know who you are. I mean, not that they're being mean or rude or anything else. They just don't relate to those people as easily. So we were in the... We were on the other, on the other side of things now. Yeah. On the outside looking in, and it was it was not fun. I mean, and I'm not someone who has a bunch of friends. I've got a couple of friends, you know. I've got some friends from high school that I'm still really good friends with. I've got, I mean, there's some guys in the military that I still t- stay in touch with. Um, but I'm not the kind of person that just has dozens of friends that I go well, and hang out with all the time. Well, we're, and, and we're both that way. We are not surface level friendship kind of people. Um, I'm definitely very much one of those. Um, I have to find my person or my people that like, I feel safe to be able to open up with and, be, and just, you know, share life with. And, um, and it's hard 
like um that what I kind of gathered getting out of the military because because here's the thing in the military um because you are all like the whole misery loves company and you're all in the same struggle situation you cut to the chase you mm-hmm. you don't do the surface level stuff you just cut to the chase because you want to find the people that that are going to have your back no matter what and um and are going to you know help support you and all of that and um and then when you come to a town where that mentality isn't there um it and, and then you find yourself stuck in these like surface level communications and and it's very lonely. It's very lonely. And um, and trying to break through that surface level to try to figure out, like, is this even someone that I feel safe, you know, sharing things with? And then, of course, you know, during this time, we're going through some very deep struggles. And, and so then, so then it's like, you know then you find yourself almost hiding away because you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't make friends because otherwise all of this is going to come out and I don't know who I can trust. Right. There's no one that you can go to, you know, and no one that you trust enough to open up to when you're dealing with these things. And it really, that, you know, would lead perfectly into the second struggle that we wanted to talk about, which is the the lack of separation between me and Lydia. You know, just the lack of separation between the military member and the spouse. When you're in the military, you're you know, the military member's gone all the time. You're gone you know, every day you're at work. Some days you're there extra late, some days you go in extra early. You've got duty, you've got deployments, you've got training. If you're in the infantry, you're in the field all the time or combat arms, not just infantry, but even guys that aren't in combat arms, they're just, they're constantly doing some kind of training or whatever. They're gone a lot. And it's not a normal married relationship. No. <laughs> it's it, it, but, it be- but it becomes normal. It, becomes, it feels normal yeah. to you. You know, because, you know, and, and, and you, as the spouse, you constantly live in this state of, um, you know, just an always a readiness for him to be gone. And, um, and so you learn, you learn your family rhythms, like without him there. And, and, you know, the people always talk about how hard it is when, um, the military member comes back from deployment because the whole time that they're deployed, you get into this family rhythm while they're deployed and then they're trying to find their place back in. Well, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing just overall, just military life overall. You're in this constant state of readiness, you know, and and you experience constant separation. So you don't know or learn um how to do life constantly together. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, you think about, you know, married couples that aren't in the military, they get, I mean, they get married. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak from, you know, like I'm an expert or anything. I'm just from my limited experience here on earth. Um, They, you know, people that aren't in the military, they get married and they both, usually they both have jobs. Mm-hmm. Um. Most times, and again, not always, most times they're not separated for weeks at a time. Most times they have a pretty set schedule. Now, there may be overtime, there may be things like that. But again, I'm speaking in generalities here. Most times they have a pretty set schedule and it doesn't change a whole lot. It's pretty steady. Now, there are changes that happen, but it's not quite as inconsistent as it is in the military. Yeah. So the difference is once I got out of the military, I was home a lot. All the time. Because I didn't <laughs> I didn't even have a job initially. I was on terminal leave and I was still getting paid. Uh, we had savings. I was trying to find a job. We were trying to find a place to live. And I was home not really doing anything 
um, as far as working for, I mean, a solid month, two months, you know, right at the beginning. And I mean, the kids aren't used to me being around that often. Mm -hmm. The, you know, Lydia is not used to me being around that often. I'm used to being able to get away at work from the kids because, I mean, the kids, you know, at this point we had four kids. Kids are loud. They're yeah. just noisy and they're messy. And I found myself getting overstimulated exceptionally fast because I was like, oh my word, I need to leave. But I, where am I going to go? I can't go to work because there's no, I'm not working. I can't just leave because I'm trying to take care of the kids or, you know, Lydia was working at the time. So there's times that I was taking care of the kids while she was, you know, at work. Yeah. And, well, and then, you know, and then I would find myself getting frustrated <clears throat> with him getting, you know, like frustrated and, and annoyed because I'm over here going, I did this for how many years, you know, like yeah. handling the kids all on my own. And, and, and I'm, I'm over here, you know, thinking, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just not, not caring, but just being unsympathetic, um, you know, tor towards him and being like, you know, suck it up. Like I had to do this, you know, you don't get to, you don't get to struggle. You know? <laughs> like, that's not fair. Like yeah. I had to learn how to do it. So learn how to do it, you know? Yeah. And now yeah. I never, like, I don't recall ever saying those words, but that's how I felt no, internally. No. And, um, but I could, I could sense it in not really in the way that, so go back a little bit, you know, the fact that I was struggling with being overstimulated and I was struggling with staying calm this just added more fuel to the fire of my my struggle with who I was and my self-hate at that point because I was just like, you know, and we're going to talk more about, an, you know, the identity struggle that we had later on in this episode. But that fed directly into that as well. It was like, I'm not even a good dad. I'm not even a good spouse because I'm constantly angry all the time. I'm constantly finding myself withdrawn or trying to get away and go do whatever so I can just get away. And it was really just because I was, I was completely overstimulated. And this ties directly back to not having any friends because I couldn't just call my buddy up and be like, Hey, let's go hang out. And, you know, because honestly the only people that I hung out with wanted to drink and that was what I was doing to cope with the problem. And I was drinking mm -hmm. secretly and I was, you know, I was constantly looking for a way to go and drink something so I could just forget and relax. And it was developing and obviously it was already a problem, but it was just developing into a worse problem. But the, the closeness, you know, it, it was like, you know, I, I, Lydia wouldn't say it, but I could tell she was like, when is he going to leave again? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, when is, it's like, like we, we need some time apart. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. well, and it's like when you're so used to having time apart and, um, you know, and it's like, and the time apart would always, you know, come nicely when it's like, right, right. When you're starting to get, um, fed up with each other and annoyed with each other, then you would get the time apart. And then, then that would be just like mm -hmm. the, the perfect, like, um, you know, uh, break yeah. from each other and then you come back and then it's like, but, but that, that wasn't happening anymore. Yeah. And, and it was like, and it's not that I wanted him gone. It was just like reality set in like there, we're not going to have that anymore. There's yeah. not going to be any of that, you know, time apart. And, and, and because there was such a struggle with friendship, you know, we were not getting time apart. Like, yeah. and we, we were the only friends. We were the only friends that we had, that we had. And, um, you know, and, and Evan talked, just mentioned briefly about, you know, the friends that he did have that, you know, were, um, they were more acquaintances. Yeah. But... And, and they were not helping him with the drinking. And then that, you know, for me became a trust factor because it's like, I knew that those friends were no good for him. And so it's like, anytime he went out with them, here I am, you know, at home, basically just sitting in fear because I'm like, great, he's going to come home drunk. And, um, you know, and, and, and sadly, um, I mean, I'm thankfully, thankfully those, those people are not <laughs> in your life anymore, yeah. but you know, those people were not a good influence. Um, and, um, 
but you know, so it's just like, it's like we, we had never been together so much yet never felt so far away from each other. Yeah. And and it was, there was def there was a, cause I was having a really hard time dealing with leaving the military and then she was having a hard time dealing with not having any friends more so than I was. I, I know that that was more of a struggle for her than it was for me. Um, and then we're, de- we're both dealing with me being around more. The kids are acting up more because I'm there. They're not used to me being around as much. Uh, and, and I know that a lot of military marriages will end once they leave the military because of that. Yeah. Because the spouse is like, you're not supposed to be home all the time. Like, go away. I need some time alone. And then they realize, wait, I have to actually spend all my time with you. Like, this isn't <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> Even though that that's like actually a normal married life. Yeah. You know, that's that's the, a normal married life to yeah. be spending, you know, yep. copious amounts of time with each other. And, and, and it's normal. It's normal to be with each other every night, you know, and, and now granted, you know, I understand that there are situations that families like the spouses take turns going to their jobs and stuff. But um, but you're still with each other more than ever. And and that is just something that we honestly just did not anticipate struggling with. Didn't you, think you, about you it. You don't think about it. Yeah. Like it's you just like, don't. You know, we're, we're gonna be able to spend more time together. It's gonna be awesome. Like we I'll were, be I'll we be were home. So excited. Yeah. We were so excited about like the fact that he was getting out and we were going to spend more time with each other than we ever had before. And, and honestly that first month or so was great. Yeah. Like it was awesome. We're like, this is great. And then, you know, a couple months in, we're like, this sucks. Yeah. Reality <laughs> set in, you know, and it was just, it was hard. And you literally had to relearn yeah. how to be married. Yep. And it was just a dynamic shift in, in our married life and we just weren't necessarily prepared for it. And that's what we want to just point out to the, you know, people that are in the military or thinking about joining the military or getting ready to get out of the military or have just gotten out and they're realizing, man, this is different. I didn't think this was a struggle. Was anybody else feeling this? Like, no, we felt it a lot. Yeah. And it was, you know, and there was never a time that I didn't love my family and so there was another thing that that fed into this, <laughs> um, and I know that Lydia will agree, and she'll understand what I'm talking about when I bring it up. I was always I was feeling extremely unfulfilled. Yes. And Lydia's question was, "Why doesn't your family fulfill you? Why doesn't serving your family fill that need?" And that was the question I I couldn't answer. And it was like, I don't know, it should, because it's my family and I'm supposed to be the one that, you know, provides for my family and is the leader of my family. And, and my family should be the only thing that I really need to fulfill me. If I'm, you know, if I'm serving my family, that should be fulfillment. And I just, I wasn't getting that. Yeah. And, and honestly that I really struggle with a lot of hurt over that because you know, it was like, you know, why are we not enough? Like, why are we not enough? And um, and that, that affected me a lot, too, because it was like, well, I don't know why you're not enough. And it's not that they weren't enough. And that's what I tried to get her to understand, is it wasn't that she and the kids weren't enough. It was, I was looking for fulfillment in something else that I had had before. Which was the military. And that kind of transitions us into the whole identity. Exactly. And that's, you know, the identity struggle that that I was dealing with. And I talk about this a lot in my, my other episodes and uh, in the videos that I post and things. Because it's such a, it was such a prominent thing in my life, in my transition, uh, personally. And not I'm not saying that she wasn't part of that as well. I'm just saying in my own mind and in my own heart and my own head one of the hardest things I ever dealt with was losing that part of me that was tied to the military. And I didn't think that I would, because when I went to get out, I was excited. I was like, man, I'm, I cannot wait to leave this place. Get me my DD 214. I'm getting out of here. Like 
deuces. I, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> like, I'm done. And then, I mean, almost immediately it was like, well, now what? You know, and then in Lydia's mind, it was like, and I, she can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like, well, now you get to spend more time with your family and you'll find fulfillment in serving your family. Yeah. And I did not find it in the same way. Yeah. Because it was different. Not that it was wrong. And, and it's not like I didn't find fulfillment in serving my family. It was just not what I expected. And I was not mentally prepared for it to be that different. And it, it's like you're you're trying to make a jump off of like a moving train, right? There's another train there and you're like, I'm going to jump onto this other train. But then all of a sudden, like, you think the train is going a certain speed and you jump and then you find out it is not going that speed. And you're like, oh, my <laughs> word. Like, that was not what I expected. And it, again, that's kind of a flimsy analogy, but it's like I was prepared sort of to get out and, you know, spend t- more time with my family and be my own person outside of the military. But I was not prepared for all of the other identity struggles of I've lost who I was because I was finding my identity in the military. And I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Um, that's me. But when I left the military, it was like just a, a gut punch because it was like, well, you didn't realize I didn't realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in my service, unfortunately. Well, and I think, you know, there was, uh, you know, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was also almost just a sense of confusion because it was like you wanted out. Yeah. You wanted to leave. So, so it was like when this whole identity struggle came around, it was like, why? Like, why am, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from his aspect of like, why am I struggling with this? Like, this is what I wanted, you know? And, um, and I really, honestly, it's like, we went into his leaving the military with like rose colored glasses, not to say that not rose colored glasses of, Oh, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great. No, we knew it was not going to be fine. It was not going to be great because like (laughs) we were, we were jumping into a whole new state, you know, not having a home and, and all that stuff. And so that was scary alone, but honestly we jumped into it going, well, at least we have each other. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, and we did, but we didn't. And, um, and, and and another thing is, is like a massive shift that happened was he went from being sole provider of the family to essentially me being the provider there for a little while. And so it was like, there was, there was a, a an identity shift there. And, and honestly, and I know he struggled with me working and, you know, me being more of the provider you know, because, because all along he had been and, um, and then, and then I, when I saw that he was struggling with me, like, you know, providing and everything, I'm going, that's not fair. Like, that's not fair. I helped you follow your dream for so many years and I supported (laughs) you. Why can't you support me? So about two years after we got out, Um, I left my insurance job and I went back to school. So I was going to school full time and we ended up having an additional baby uh, Mm -hmm. added to our mix of chitlins. So, and they, so we basically had twin one year old girls sort of, they weren't to their cousins. Because our, our fifth, our fifth child had been, had been born, born by this point. And then my brother and his wife both deployed at the same time. And so we ended up, um, taking care of their baby girl. Who's, who's like a month and a half younger than our. Yeah. So we had girls that were very, very uh, close in age and I'm going to school full time, which means I'm a stay at home dad to two, little tiny babies and then the kids are in school uh or 
kindergarten or I can't remember it was pre-K maybe or I don't remember what it was but either way they were they were not there during the day it was just me and the two babies um if you've ever seen the incredibles 2 it is the absolute perfect <laughs> perfect analogy of what I was going through she's at work and she's like I had such a great day at work and I'm sitting over here like covered in puke and baby food <laughs> and textbooks and like wanting to literally rip my hair out just from whatever. And it wasn't the kids. It was just everything I was going through and the stress of school. But it was also the fact that she was out there doing things, you know, like in the workforce working and I'm at home, never leaving the house. Um, and when you see Mr. Incredible sitting on the bed and he's talking to, you know, uh, Elastigirl and, and he's like, that's great. And he's like talking through gritted teeth and you can see him like hitting his head on the wall. Cause he's just like super mad that it's not him. That was me a hundred percent. And my, as soon as that movie came out, my dad literally was like, Hey, <laughs> it looks familiar. And I was like, you shut your mouth. Cause <laughs> like you go from this super strong superhero, you know, mindset you know, where you're saving the world you know, Mr. Incredible, uh, I'm obviously not that, but I was saying, you know, in the military, you have that mindset of you are an asset to the country and you are important and you are part of a team that's doing good things. And then you get out and now you're a stay at home dad and you're at home with the baby. Like, you know, he's at home with Jack Jack all the time and Jack Jack's just puking food up everywhere. and He's <laughs> dealing with, you know, little kid stuff. And that was me. I was dealing with these two little girls. And I wouldn't trade that time for anything because I had an amazing time you know, with my daughter and with you know my niece. But that was, again, another identity struggle was, you know, like, what am I doing? Uh, and, I, and I knew I had a goal in mind. I was going to school, you know, for business to try and um, get into some nonprofit stuff that we'll have to discuss later on. But I had an end goal. So I knew like, you know, just stay focused. Everybody's always like, well, just stay focused on the goal. It's like, yeah, but sometimes the goal is hard to see when you've got like, you know, puke in your eyes uh, <laughs> and, you know, you're cooking dinner again for the 30th day in a row and you're cleaning up dirty diapers and then you're going to school in between all this. So it was just, it was odd. It was a weird time. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I'm over here, you know, kind of mad that he's struggling because I'm like that's not fair like you know again like I said you know I helped you follow your dream why can't you support mine and um and, and it was like looking back now like it looking back I understand you know like that was a huge identity shift for him to shift out of like in a way it my shift was easier going from being a stay at home mom to like working, working essentially my dream job, like pretty much my dream, dream job of teaching, teaching the, t the subjects that I loved and was super passionate about. So for me, my identity shift change was a positive one. It was yeah. like, Oh, I'm like, I'm getting to live my dream. And he's, he, he went from living his dream to yeah, she's doing literally, something he never yeah, expected. Literally to. Elastigirl saving the train with no yes. casualties, like screaming on the phone in joy, you know, and yeah. I'm over here again, like, oh, I'm like, so happy for so you, happy, you know, and, and so, and, and that created a marital, um, rift between us and um and so we had to learn to communicate through that and we had to learn to um learn how to uh talk to each other without you know ripping each other apart <laughs> and yeah. um and and that's and that's actually something we're gonna talk about in another episode is relearning how to communicate and yeah. um and ways you can um, relearn how to communicate because honestly, and, and this is just kind of like a sub point of something that, you know, we did not anticipate was having to relearn how to communicate. And that kind of, that, that kind of goes along with having to relearn how to do marriage, you know, and, and, and married life, like just not expecting that shift. And within that is 
learning how to communicate well. And, um, and so, um, and the reason we, you know, the reason I know that we both want to talk about this stuff is we're hoping that somebody who's getting ready to get out of the military can listen to this or somebody who has just recently left the military can listen to this. And, you know, I'm speaking to the husbands, but I'm also speaking to the wives. Your husband is not feeling like you're not worth serving. He's just dealing with the fact that he was serving. He was doing both before he was serving you and your family, but he was also serving his country or, you know, his branch of service. He was also, he had that fulfillment from his position in the military. So when you've taken that huge chunk away, it's not like that he's putting any less into your family or anything. It's just like the weight on the scale has shifted so much that now it's just tilted really hard in one direction and he's trying to balance it. So it's going to take time and it's going to take communication because husbands, veterans, or, you know, wives, whatever, whoever's the veteran in the family, you have to communicate that. You can't just shut down and wander off and disappear and isolate yourself from your family and say, well, I'm just dealing with a lot. Okay. Well, that looks like you're putting your time and your position in the military ahead of your family. Like it was more important than your family. And you may not be thinking that at all. You may be glad to be out and you may not be understanding why you feel this sad and why you feel this way, but your spouse and your kids are looking at it like, daddy just wants to go back to the military or mommy just wants to go back, you know, and serve again because at least then they would be happy. Yeah. And that, that's really hard to understand, but we're trying to get this talked about and out there for people to hear from someone who's been through it and willing to talk about it because most women spouses, I keep saying men and women, because I mean, I'm, I'm the veteran and she's the, you know, the spouse. Most spouses do not talk about this out of fear of exposing their veteran and the hardship that they're going through because you learn to be tough and have this tough outer shell in the military. Even when you have military friends, you can still say things. You're like, yeah, we're struggling with this, that, and the other. And you're kind of open with each other, but it's still, you all have to have this and it's a mask that you wear to protect yourself, but also to protect them because you're like, oh man, this sucks. And they're like, yeah, it does. But you know, it's just, that's life. You know, it's just the military. That's just how it is. And it's something you, you, you do, you put on to protect yourself mentally. And then everybody else kind of does the same thing. It's like the mask of command. You just act like you know what you're doing, even though you, you may not have a clue, you still act like it. Like, even if you don't know what you're doing, you know what you're doing, right? Like, wink, wink. Like, you know what you're doing, right? Yeah, totally. But you you don't. So, I just lost my, my train of thought a little bit there. But it was, it was just like the, oh, the, the spouses, they don't want to bring it up. Because, again, we don't have any friends. Yeah. Nobody we can trust. We have acquaintances, but we don't have anybody we can trust and bring this up to and be open. And there's nobody that would even understand. Well, and, you know, and and if you're in, you know, if you've moved back into a small town area, you don't know how much that's going to spread if you yeah. accidentally say it to the wrong person. And so you're just like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep this to ourselves and we're just going to struggle alone and in silence and... Um, and no, that's not good. That's not, and, and that's why we want to, we are bringing it out to the open. We're like, you do not have to struggle alone. You do not have to struggle in silence. And we are here to tell you, like, if you feel like you are alone and if you feel like you are struggling in silence, then reach out to us, like reach out to us. You can, um, you can reach out to, to Evan, like the husbands can wives. You can reach out to me. Um, if for some reason you can't find her, just send me a message and I'll direct you to her yeah. or vice versa. You know, you can find me at the veritable veteran at gmail.com is our, the email that we use. And on Instagram and Facebook, just send a message again. You know, if it's a, 
a veteran's uh, a spouse. If it's a wife, I'll send you over to her. Um, oh, uh, and, and then and wives, if you have Instagram, you can message me at our um, together Instagram page, the that veteran and his wife. Yeah. And you can just address me. I mean, we're both admins on it, but you can address me and then we can, you know, move the conversation elsewhere if you, if you want it to, you know, to just stay between us. But, um, but all that to say, like, don't, don't battle alone. Don't battle in silence. And, um, because we understand and we will get into some of the hard nitty gritty, you know, things that we have dealt with struggles that we have, um, faced and, um, and, and it's going to be hard exposing some of those things. But I think in a way it's, it's going to help benefit you all because it's going to make you realize like, okay, like this is a safe space. You know, this is these, these people do understand. Um, uh, so, so, all of that, I mean, to kind of wrap up our, our conversation, you know, we are talking about the things that we did not anticipate being struggles um, when we got out because, um, you know, they don't talk about that in your exit. Um. No, they talk about like getting a job. <laughs> well, they, they talk a lot about filing for unemployment because they're like, oh, well, <laughs> well you just file for unemployment. You're going to be the, unemployed anyway. Yeah. So. Then the, the trucking company shows up and they're like, oh, troops to truckers, we'll pay you, you know, $80,000 drive a truck. Like, cool, I'll never be home ever and I'm <laughs> be in a truck all day long. So, I mean, and, and again, there's positives to all those things. I'm just saying like, there's just not, there's no conversation about the mental struggle yes. of leaving the military and losing that portion of yourself. Yes. There really, there's no talk. There was no talk about that. And I, there may be now I've been out for six years now. There may be someone who's doing that. I hope there is. Um, if there is someone, please let me know. Cause I'd love to look into that and see what they're doing. Um, but it, I know that there was nothing like that for us. And I yeah. think there needs to be a, a family style or a seminar style family course that you go through yes. with your spouse uh, that is like, hey, y'all are going to deal with this. You are going to deal with this and that and the other. And, you know, just and you may and not everybody's going to deal with everything, but you can have veterans and their wives that come in and say, hey, we dealt with this. You may end up dealing with the same thing or we dealt with that. You may end up dealing with that, too, or. We know this couple over here that dealt mm-hmm. with this. Maybe they can come and share. And then they come in and they talk. And it's the only way that we're going to get word out about things that people are experiencing is people talking about it. Yeah. And the one thing I've learned from doing these videos and, you know, silly videos on the page and, you know, just doing the podcast and talking to people and getting messages and emails and, you know, constant communication with veterans is everyone that I've talked to is dealing with this in some way. Yeah. There's some people out there, there's haters and trolls that are out there like, Oh, well I figured it out. And I, I was just fine. I didn't wrap up my identity in the military. Okay, cool. Good for you. Congratulations. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that life has been so easy for you and you were able to just kind of coast your way through life. Like, that's great. Like, congratulations. But the rest of us over here in the real world, Uh, are not apparently us peons can't can't get our life figured out we're not that lucky so (laughs) and and, you know and and what's been cool about all of this is you know more and more people are like oh my word i'm realizing i'm not alone yeah and that's the point that's the point the more we bring the darkness to light the more we realize these are common struggles and you're not alone because, I mean, it, a lot of times you're sitting there in the middle of it and you're like, why do I feel this way? Why am I the only one? Like, what what do normal people feel like? Well, guess what? They feel like you because they feel like you. you're normal. And, yes. and this is a normal feeling. Yeah. This is a normal up and down emotion that you're going to feel. And it's okay to feel that way. It's just something that if you're prepared for it, exactly. you can handle it a lot better. Yes. It's like it's like you, you, when when you're getting ready to go into a fight, right? You know you're going to get hit in the face. Like, you know you're going into a fight, right? If you know you're about to get into a fight, like a fist fight, right? Not like a little slap fight or a little wrestling fight. You're about to get in a fist fight. Like, you know you're going to get hit in the face, okay? Hey, okay, I'm prepared. 
I'm mentally prepared. My body's prepared. My mind is prepared. I'm going to get hit right in the mouth at some point. And it's still going to hurt. It's going to hurt. But I'm hurt. but I'm ready. But I know it's coming. Yes. Okay. If I'm just walking down the street and some dude walks up and sucker punches me in the face, like that's going to hurt a lot worse. And mm-hmm. it's going to suck a lot more. Because you're going to deal with whiplash. and yeah. like, I'm <laughs> and completely <everything> <laughs> mentally unprepared. I'm probably like looking at a bird or something and I just get blasted <laughs> in the face. Right. It's completely different when you have some kind of preparation or warning or something indicating that you're going to deal with something. That's what we're trying to do is put this out there as a warning, just a heads up like, hey, you're probably going to struggle with some of this. Yeah. Maybe not all of it. And you're going to struggle in a different way because nobody's the same. Like you might, you might struggle making friends for the first couple of years. And, and, and if you, and, and see if we knew that that was going to be a struggle, I, I guaranteed we would have strategized differently, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's like we would have, um, I, I guess, I don't know, pursued better. And, um, we would have been more intentional about more intentional making yeah. friends and and more intentional about like just seeking out who would be good and it's not that we weren't seeking them out it's just um we were so like just we were unprepared for the small town yeah life well again and, in the military people are looking for friends right here in the small town like you, you run into somebody at the px or the commissary and you hit it off with them and you're like, hey, what's your phone number? Let's hang out. And you you become friends, right? Yeah. Here, you go to a Walmart in a small town. You hit it off with somebody and they're like, all right, cool. See you later. And they just leave. And you never see them again. Yeah. Because they already have their circle of friends. They don't need any more right. friends. They, they're not interested in friends. And you're over here like, I just found a cool person. Where are they going? Why are they leaving me? Don't leave me. Please come back. And they're gone. Well, and, and you know, and it's like, what's interesting is my very first best friend down here. I almost had to be forceful and mm-hmm. which was very uncomfortable for me because I was so used to just friendships being easy and everything. But there was this couple, you know, he, he was prior military and, um, and we had met them and we were like, these are really cool people. And, um, <laughs> what ended up being was we, we were at church or something and, um, and I realized she wasn't there and I, and I asked her husband, I said, where is she? And he said, well, she's, she's just going through some things. She's just been battling some depression. And so she decided to stay home. And in that moment, I had a decision to make. I was like, this is okay. This is someone I really want to be friends with. And I can either just sit here at church and just go, okay you know, let it, we're just going to let it go. And I'll just see her whenever I see her next. Or I can show up at her house with coffee, just basically show up at her door and just be like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here for you. I want to be, I want to be here for you. I know you're going through a hard thing. And so, and we're going to go through this together. And I did that. I brought her coffee. I went to her house didn't let her say no, essentially. <laughs> and to this day, she tells me that that was one of the best things that I could have ever done. And we have been best friends ever since. But had I known that I needed to be that upfront and that, you know, intentional in my friendships, I would have done it a whole lot sooner in, in order to make friends in this, in this town. And so, um, so... I, I know we are like kind of beating around the bush, not beating around the bush, but we're reiterating, we're, we're reiterating a, a lot of things, yeah. but like, so, so just to kind of wrap it up, the three things that you may struggle with three in the things that we, that we absolutely struggle we with, absolutely struggle and, with, and you might struggle with yeah. friendships. Number one, number two, just a lack of. Well, and I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. It's a lack of separation from each other, but it's a um, learning, just, uh, relearning how to do married life. Yeah, like that, and 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 in, parenting, and parenting in um, together, without 
constant separation. Because I, I think one of the biggest, and again, I and this is this goes in with the you know the lack of separation between you know family and relearning married life and parenting, is just the overstimulation of the kids, mm-hmm. and especially if you have kids or just you know just the overstimulation of being around the same people all the time, um, and it. People are, I, I honestly believe that's where a lot of military marriages fall apart once they leave the military is because they, they do end up spending so much more time together and then they realize, I don't necessarily like being around this person this much. And they <laughs> they just like, they're like, I don't love this person they're, anymore. They're grating on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, and then they just, they, they, they use divorce as a way to just skate out of it, you know, and then they... Instead of, instead of... Instead of fighting for it. Fighting for it and... and approaching that okay obviously we need to relearn how to do married life together because you know we made a promise to each other and um and and that's not that's not to like dog on people who have gotten divorced and 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 all of that because i know some of you listening you might be like oh well you know i screwed up in that area and you're basically saying i'm a screw up it's like no 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 we're just saying that we can understand like we see why because yeah. well, honestly, a lot of, that could have been our story. They don't have, and most people don't have, um, good examples of parents or people in their lives that haven't gotten divorced. Like we, you know, we're both blessed to have our parents are, you know, still both sets of our parents are still together. Yeah. With their first spouse, and you know, so we had good examples of that, and not everybody has that, and you know, a lot of people they were raised where it was like, you know, if this person. If I don't get along with this person, then we're just, we're going to get a divorce. And, you know, we have, we've always been of the mind that we're going to fight for our marriage no matter what. Yeah. Um, but we can understand where and why, you know, where that came from and why it would be so difficult yeah. to get through that. So that's, I mean, that's the, the, the second one, the second struggle. And I mean, and the third struggle is personally me dealing with the identity struggle of leaving the military, but also our family struggling with, you know, Lydia struggling with who she was, me struggling with who she was becoming, my kids struggling with, you know, who they were, and they're just dealing with being kids. Mm-hmm. And they're not understanding why daddy's mad a lot, why <laughs> mommy's crying a lot, and why it just seems like the house is in constant turmoil. And, you know, that was, those three combined really, you know, it's like the holy trinity of <laughs> this sucks. And, you know, and, and the other struggles we'll talk about are all kind of just byproducts of those things. You know, they're all, they're all, I guess you could say symptoms yeah. of, of those things. Cause if we came down to it, those were kind of the three core struggles that fed the other struggles and um and so but if you if you are looking to get out and you're aware that these could potentially be struggles like you now know okay i have to equip myself i have to equip myself and my family we need to have talks together husband and wife and and talk about how are we going to prepare ourselves for this possible, you know, inevitable struggle. And, um, so we hope that sharing these things with you, you will, those who are looking to get out will feel a little more ready. And, but those who have already gotten out, hopefully it makes you feel less alone. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're not alone. You're not the only person feeling this way, I promise. Because um, <laughs> we, we already did and we, you know, we still are in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know that basically every other couple that we've talked to and every other individual military veteran that I've talked to feels they felt the same way. Yeah. Or very similar. And, you know, we need to, if more people would talk about it and be open and willing to discuss it, and share what they're what they've gone through and what they're going through, then we would have less. Honestly, we'd have less people killing themselves mm-hmm. because they would have other people that are like, "Dude, I get it. Like I've been there," and other wives that have you know, other wives that can talk to each other and say, "Yeah, 
my husband's going through it too. I've been there. Um, and this is how I supported him or this is how I didn't support him. What I should have done better. Yeah. But you have to start the conversation somewhere. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're trying to just get it started. Starting the conversation. We, we have accepted the fact that we're pretty screwed up, (laughs) Um, but we're, we're, we're doing it. So, but, but you know, we're coming out the other end. And so we are, we are wanting to help the help others be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I feel like that's a good, um, you know, way to end this one. And, you know, we will see you next week or you will hear from me next week, but you're going to hear from Evan again before then. So, um, you get to listen to his boring voice. Listen to the sultry sound of my voice. (laughs) So anyway, um, moving on. All right, time to uh, sound off or yeah. whatever you whatever. Sign it is. sign off. Sign off. Sound <laughs> sound off. One two. It's late. We need to go to bed. All right. Good night. Good. Yep. All right. Bye. Love you guys. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to hear more content like this, don't forget to subscribe. And please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Love you guys.